Before we begin today's episode, we have our patrons over at Patreon. They are Aperba, Nate Hansen of Hansen Screen Printing, Rock the Green, Andy Herbryant, Lauren L., Paul Campaneshi, Greg Whalen, Zach Duren, Daniel, and Cara Lighting. Thank you guys so much for supporting our podcast. Hey, welcome to the Wisconsin Drunken History Podcast. We are your hosts, Eric Sturgeon. And I'm Russell Sorry. This podcast is about all things Wisconsin, history, music, culture, and beer. Although we don't often use strong language, the content is not intended for young audiences, so listener discretion is advised. If you love the bluegrass music you hear in this intro, please check out Dang It's from Madison, Wisconsin by visiting their website, dang-its.com. Now on to the show. Hello and welcome to another episode of Wisconsin Drunken History Podcast, your weekly dose of the dairy state. I am one of the hosts. My name is Eric. My name's Russ. And uh, we are talking about a another truly Wisconsin type uh, yeah, idea here. Kind of debated, but the origin of the tractor, the heart par. Right. tractor yeah so uh where was it where was it invented you know it, it, was it somewhere else or was it right here in the in the home state some people debate it but we're gonna talk about it we we definitely are we're gonna and, talk about um, her <laughs> in this episode we also have great wisconsin music from a band called juniper tar huge influence on me around that same period we did we're yeah. talking about high school where we listened to like that emo exactly. indie rock stuff right so. where we kind of got uh you know, the things that kind of stuck with us now, you know. Um, also, uh, we have a great beer review for you of later course, on. Of course, always. Always. Gotta, always happens. Got to review something new for you. And, of course, the infamous helmet your local. Wow. Wow. Um, we are now into the 136th episode Huge. of this podcast. Crazy. Pretty wild. I didn't know if we would make it uh, even ten episodes at one. My point. liver's punching me. Yeah, I'm all right. I'm still holding we on. We do dude. this for you. I'm guys. gripping. Yeah, I'm gripping on. We do this for you guys. My doctor hates it, but he, he, you know, he doesn't. He doesn't rule my. He's not even my real dad. So, <laughs> um, we do want to just give you the the little shitty sales uh, salesman you know pitch and we the have to do the grease infomercial the, shit. The grease. grease has to happen. Um. Head over to WisconsinDrunkenHistory.com. You can find all the Patreon links and Public. Those are a couple different ways that you can put money directly into our pockets. Um, you can obviously sport our logo on, on shirts and, and, and other different items. And we do have some other uh, really cool stuff in the works. And as soon as we have links for all that stuff, it's going to be limited merch. Um, Patreon, a great way to support. Uh, that money goes directly to us uh, in order to fund everything that we have here. And that's beer, that's uh, the equipment, that's uh, getting the music and stuff that we need uh, in order to uh, run this whole show. Yeah, really none of it goes back into our pockets. I mean, we just really love supporting local stuff, which is why we buy the uh, beer, we buy the music, we support the bands. A lot of our like actual listens go, like the because the copyright, it actually goes to the artists, I believe. Yeah, every play. Goes it right to them, even, even of our show. <laughs> Which is why we have our Patreon to kind of help us out. Make right. at least a little bit of money on this so we can kind of get some beers and more music. Right. To keep it, keep this thing going. And uh, if you can, give us a review on whatever platform you listen. So that's uh, iTunes, that's Spotify, Google, uh, Stitcher, all that kind of stuff. Sturge, we're almost at 50 reviews on iTunes. And we want to keep, there. I mean, we have like, what, 4,000 listeners or something. We got to get some more of these. So if you guys got yeah. time, please do that. It's a huge help to and us. And it's tough because, you know, I mean, how many podcasts have you reviewed that you listen to? It's true. I think I've only done a couple. I've only done I, a couple. Yeah, I've only done a couple. But so, it, that little thing does go a long way. And we're not just saying that. It really does. It helps yeah. us out a lot. And the thing is, you know, uh, what's what's nice about it is it's a small gesture that uh, probably feels, uh, you know, daunting at the time when you're when you're sitting there filling it out or clicking the stars or whatever the hell it is. But um, it really does help get us to the the masses uh, and, and not that we want to be this, you know, gigantic hit podcast or anything, um, but it would be cool to, to see those numbers grow uh, as we have for the last almost three years. Uh, which has been an absolute awesome journey, and we thank all of you for that. Let's go ahead and jump in to uh, C.W. Hart, 
This is the invention of the tractor. Yeah, this is the heart part. Yeah, know. this is the heart part tractor um, company. And a lot of people debate this, but a lot of people think that the tractor or the combustible engine for the tractor was actually invented in Madison, Wisconsin. Can you believe that? I can. The heart part would eventually become Oliver tractors, which a lot of collectors are huge Oliver fans. I know I, we never had an Oliver uh, growing up. Yeah. Um, I know of Oliver, obviously. I think it's the 88 crop rower was like the tractor yeah. to have. It was like kind of top of the line at the time. Um, obviously outdated now, but it, I, th- I don't even know if they had a three-point hitch, to be honest, at that point. But Yeah, I'm not sure what kind of uh, implements they could even tow behind there other than some of the very manual ones we were talking about. Things that you actually have to get off the tractor, go down, yeah, go to the sure. rear, crank it up. And I mean, put it obviously, back down there and, was like safety standards. You got to be careful that PTO, you don't want to rip your pants right off there. I've done it before. Have you? Yeah. You ripped your drawers Grain off? Grain elevator. Jesus. I was trying to, I was going up from the hayloft. Were you trying to kick corn down? down? Getting corn out? Or? No, I was actually just getting out of the hayloft because for some reason I think the stairs, it's just a ladder built onto the side of a fucking barn. I think the <laughs> yeah. stairs were like messed up. Oh, so wow. I I had to go down the grain elevator, um, and you have to crab walk down it. And I I think my pants caught one of the, you know, on the on the grain elevator. There's a belt with these prongs sticking straight up to hold the hay. I so you went pants, my, you went pants and no pants on the on the yeah, hay elevator. Basically, right on the was, hay elevator, I went from. You know, uh, totally normal to totally frisky. But yeah, in the 1890s, obviously there was a lot of tinkering going on. We've we've discussed many of them when it comes to combustible engines, uh, especially in Wisconsin here. I yeah. mean, there was a lot of things going on with the combustible engine. Newer technology, like people making new things, new new implements, things like that. Yeah. Over how, do, time. how do we go longer and how do we go faster? You know? Yeah, so from like, uh, you know, obviously there was like Henry Ford and the Wright brothers going on at this time. Rudolf Diesel in Germany, the diesel engine. Yeah, Vin Diesel. But Vin Diesel, his brother. <laughs> but there were actually two men actually doing some really important things here in Madison, Wisconsin. They were actually, names were Charles Walter Hart and James H. Parnamis. I think it's uh, Parnamis. Charles H. Parnas, Parnamis. Pa- Parnamis. They were both Charles. Yeah, they are both Charles. So actually, that's where the name Hart Par comes from, yeah. between the two last names. And their contribute. Their contri- contributions to the tractor were n- maybe not as well known as some of the other ones. Obviously, you got like Deer in Illinois, yeah. Moline, the Moline, Illinois. Yep. Um, you got like, you know, Alice Chalmers, West Alica, if you will, the oh, Stallion yeah. baby. Um, but the uh, application of the internal combust- combustion engine to their tractor by heart and part did not come out of a fortunate accident as many inventions have. It was something they knew and they wanted to do and uh, set out carefully to actually accomplish this idea that they had in their heads. Right. Most of the groundwork for their triumphs was done as students at uh, my favorite school, UW-Madison Mechanical Engineering Department. Nice. Which is pretty awesome. I mean, to say that... That's really cool. That it's they, debatable, but Wisconsin-Madison is like the home of the tractor. I mean, and, and a lot of other things, too, which is, you know, that, that in itself is just really neat to, to hear about how many different... Um, new mechanical engineered feats came right out of uh, not only our state, but right, you know, in, in Madison, man. Yeah. Hart was actually the son of a moderately wealthy Iowa farmer um, who met Parr from Wyoming on the father's, on the former first day of the UW in September, 1893. So they both came from different areas right. to Wisconsin, the greatest place in the world. Yeah. may say Hart was sitting in the uh, anteroom of uh, the registrar's office and Parr came in on an errand. They struck up a conversation, soon found that they shared the same interest for mechanical devices and became friends immediately and business associates. Yeah. Which is crazy. Yeah. Hart transferred to the UW because of a uh, fine reputation of mechanical engineering. Yeah, baby. And uh, one year at Iowa State College of Agriculture and Mechanical Arts, also Iowa State University, which is also Iowa a very State is a huge amazing engineering school. engineering and ag engineering school. Yeah. I mean, a lot of kids I work with actually- Go at, Cyclones. <laughs> at, the, a lot, you know what's crazy is like at Coon, we have mostly Iowa State graduates. Even at, even at ATI, a lot of them oh, are yeah. Iowa State, Iowa State graduates. And another factor is the move may have been to the desire of uh, Bride of their near her family. Hart was married to uh, Jesse Marvin Case of West so, oh wow! Case. Yeah, it kind of makes sense to move to Wisconsin, right? Even you gotta love, you gotta do it. Um, they had two children um, before she actually died at the age of 28, 1903, which wasn't uncommon Bummer. at the time because of like all the uh, epidemics and, and flus, and there wasn't a, the medical care we have today, which yeah. we talk about often. 
So they actually lived at uh, in University Avenue while he was in school. And after meeting Parr, they opened a small machine shop where they repaired damaged farm implements and began experimenting with principles of the internal combustion engine. Um, obviously a newer technology at the time, but it was developed, just not in the aspect we know today, where it's like all manufactured and engineered uh, highly. Yeah, you know, beautiful pieces of art in, inside those engine bays now. <laughs> So based on all this um, and their knowledge of farming and the farm industry, Hart and Parr decided to collaborate on a thesis detailing some designs of a new type of internal combustion. Um, obviously, they did not receive much encouragement from professors. And, uh, you know, obviously, when it comes to people that are really smart, they kind of shut down well, ideas. And, you know what I mean? And like, steam was like, considered, like, literally... The only way to power, well, yeah. Steam-oriented tractors at the time were kind of the way to go, and like yeah. they they figured like no, the internal combustion engine can actually be implemented into farming technology. Right. So Hart and Parr built a working model of their engine in their shop, and uh, the internal combustion engine was a vast improvement of previous ones with efficiency, rugged, lightweight, simply built, and minimal moving parts compared to the steam engine. The young inventors did not wait for their like the professors to be like, oh yeah, go after this. They actually just did it you know what i mean they graduated True, and started um, entrepreneurs i mean yeah they graduated and just immediately started manufacturing portable commercial models of their engine for farm use grab the bull by the dick and do it yeah and wisconsin obviously a farming state what a great place to start something like that for farming i mean iowa and wisconsin you know we're pretty big farming communities absolutely and and again you know what a what a what a fucking perfect happenstance that you know they're they're smart they're great they're they're great individuals at engineering like that's that's the way that their brain works right yeah exactly um, so for them to have not only understood the inner workings of an internal combustion engine uh, at, at a really early time in in its you know basically in its infancy oh for sure and for them to also be in an area where it's a huge you know ag area like you said um I, what a, what an absolute perfect scenario. I mean, yeah, at this time too, like we've talked about uh, the Evinrude and how he went into Harley Davidson's area to work on his engines because yeah. they had like the technology in the shop available to him. Right. So he's like, I'm gonna I want to work on developing this. So he ended up renting space and ended up using some of Harley's space to make the boat motor. Yeah. So that boat motor is technically a Harley Davidson motor. Really. Probably. You know, I'm, I'm guaranteeing that the earliest models of those uh, definitely have very similar Harley Davidson parts too. Oh, for sure. So upon graduating from the university in 1896, the partners expanded their operation and devised improvements of new applications of the original engine. And all heart par devices of the period were first tested and used commercially in and around Dane County, right around Madison area there. For those that don't know, Dane County, Madison's in Dane County. Yeah. Very expensive to live there. I've looked into it. <laughs> Pricey place to live. Yeah. You can like want a key is close to yeah. Madison. So you could always live there and it's. A little bit of Maybe a cost more savings. Affordable. The taxes are outrageous. Taxes are, are outrageous. Yeah. So while the business grew and prospected on the sales, their versatile little power plant, Hart and, Hart and Parr plunged into work on a heavier, more powerful engine suitable for traction purposes. This was the starting idea for its time. As no one has ever been able to make an internal combustion engine that can move in its own weight, let alone pull something else. So pulling an implement behind it. Well, and especially yeah. if you think of it like maybe being a, like a cultivator that's that's literally tilling up land behind. So you're literally trying to drag forks behind. So you're putting something into the ground that would normally halt your mo your movement forward. Uh, and these things are able to just fucking plow forward. Oh, yeah, for sure. Which is absolutely crazy. In 1901, Hart and Parr tractor uh, was the first gasoline powered tractor anywhere. And it was called Old Number One, as the machine was known. And it was a monster that weighed five tons. I used to take an Old Number One. A three. I've taken a three this yeah, morning. Yeah, Old I Number Three. An Old Number Three. And it weighed about five tons and developed about 22 to 45 horsepower, kind of assumed, um, pulled five plows, plow bottoms, and ground along huge cleated tires made of wood. Wow. Isn't that crazy? Imagine the rot after each year once you park it. I mean, the soil is uh, is is wet. It's moist. So then you park that thing, and it's made out of wood. I mean, the good thing is, though, this thing lasted about 20 years, which is pretty long life, even for today's standard. Even those tires, though? Yeah. Or is it just like the other implement? Like Obviously, 20 years of service. I mean, I don't know all the details, but it lasted about 20 years, that tractor did, with the wood cleats on it. Can you believe it's insane? A, I mean, even John Deere's today, I mean, you get 10 good years out of them. I mean, they last longer than that, but a lot of times farmers get rid of them. 
about 10 years, five, 10 Depends, years. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Depends on how, I mean, you know, business wise, then you start to think about depreciation. Is it smarter for me to, you know, go get a new one and, and get off of the books with this old one because of the depreciation? I don't know how all that works. I, it's been a long time since I've been in school for business and, and how that all works with, um, with with reporting and stuff taxes wise yeah and i mean a few months later obviously they knew their tractor idea was pretty revolutionary so they decided to build a new specially designed plan for the manufacturer of this tractor they were going to put up most of the capital and approach certain financiers for the remainder but it was still the day of the horse obviously and not the engine and the money the money men uh withheld their support as you know it was very very expensive at the time so this technology was just so new and uh, disappointed Harton Park closed their shop and went to Hart's hometown, Charles City, Iowa, where with the aid of Hart's father, they got the necessary capital and built their plant. Harton Park continued to prosper and actually survived for quite a while until they were actually like basically bought out or bought something. out and, and merged with the Oliver Corporation. And yeah. obviously Oliver's a big name in tractors. I mean, a lot of farmers are Oliver tractors. I know you said you have some family that are huge Oliver tractor fans. Yeah. Um uh, my brother-in-law 's uh, grandpa used to collect all these old uh, farm tractors, and um, one of his favorites that that he would collect in and uh, refurbish and basically just bring back to life uh, was oliver 's that was one of his favorites and those things were absolute works of art I mean the fact that he would take uh, those painstaking hours to remove all of the different outer casings of things to completely strip down and repaint them to original colors. You know the 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 classic Oliver green with the red, red uh, pinstriping, a little bit of yellow yeah. on, the on the front. It's there. amazing, but yeah, I mean this is just so cool, and it's highly debated that they were the origins of the combustible tractor engine. But a lot of people do say that this was the first one created in Madison, Wisconsin. You know, obviously before that, obviously Case and some of the other ones did exist, but they're more focused, like like the professor said, on the steam powered right. tractors at the time. So this was kind of like a newer thing to to basically adapt the combustible engine to tractors. Hart and Parr, which became Oliver. I mean, it's just incredible that Wisconsin has so many firsts. It's another one we had to feature, Eric. What do you, what do you think? I love it. I think it's a I think it's a really unique. Um, it's it's unique to Wisconsin. It seems you know, like uh, the 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 whole topic in general of farming, um, ag based things, uh, uh, and then brewing and things like that that we cover. It's so unique to our area. Oh, for sure. And the the fact that all of these um, advancements had been made right here is very cool to talk about. And then even though some of these uh, companies don't exist anymore as standalone, you know, namesakes. The cool thing is that they evolved into something bigger and better. And oh, so sure. the original ideas were what carried it. And so whether it's, you know, heart and par on the, on the front of the, the emblem, or if it's uh, Oliver, or if it's, you know, whatever's now next in that chain of, of, you know, being sold and, and transitioned and, you know, incorporated or whatever. I'm just so, I'm, I'm so like, I'm humbled every single time we do these articles uh, and these topics. Yeah, I mean, for me, like now, I, I since I work in the ag business, and obviously, like where I work, I, I do want to do an episode on it because night manufacturing, it's like the mixer that everybody wanted for their dairy farms. And like they ended up merging with Kuhn, which is a, a French company where I work today. I work for Kuhn North America. But it's just incredible that in our state, the like the farming technologies that came out of our state, whether it's Samson Tractors in Janesville, um, Alice Chalmers, yeah. John Deere, Case, J.I. Case. Case out of Racine. You know, I think they're currently in uh, Sturdivant. They're making the big magnums, yeah, the yeah. massive tractors. And that's part of Case International Harvester. Yes, exactly. And they were Farmall. Yeah. I mean, all those are kind of the case. The red, yeah. I guess you'd call it the red tractors. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's incredible. I mean, our state has been advances in many different things. And we always talk, we actually talked about this on the radio about how our winters are so long here, right? So, you know, you got these guys just sitting in a, a garage discussing ideas while they're sipping some brewskis. Well, and they might be doing maintenance on yeah. some machines and too. And what, what can we do to make this better? Right. You know, it's it, like, it, it literally is the, um, the tuner culture, if you will, the tuners, like people now, like your brother who enjoys working on cars. Um, how do I make this better and faster? Sure. And, and how do I increase horsepower and torque out of this, you know, little four cylinder engine? That's what's cool about it is it, 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 
no matter what, it really gave birth. This, you know, this heart and par gave birth to what that culture is now. Exactly. And when it comes to engineering, I mean, we're problem solvers, right? We have an issue. Like, for example, Ole Evernrude. I mean, he was out on the thing. He couldn't get to shore fast enough. He's like, I need a motor to get me there faster. You know, it's it's with Carl uh, Eliasson with yeah. the snowmobile. People had Model Ts with skis on them because they had to get around in the wintertime. Right. It's like, why not make a separate machine that just is made is, for this? Is better for that. Yeah, it's made for it. It has right. treads and actual skis on it. You well, that's know? the thing. You know, track track technology of actually taking your maybe the the your two drivable wheels in the back and just slinging a fucking track around it instead um, will help you maneuver faster and, and stay above, um, you know, instead of creating these, you know, big ruts in the snow with wheels, let's put the track on there, spread out the weight, disperse it properly and almost stay on top and glide. You know, it's just cool to, to, uh, to research some of this stuff and, and, um, and to find out that, that that's, I mean, that this is where all of the, the evolutionary things happened. Yeah, and I guarantee if you stick with the podcast, there will be more agriculture things, obviously, in our state. We have and so also, many. Because remember, we talked about the spark, <laughs> J.W. Carhartt. Um, he we killed, yeah, he killed yeah. some of Case's horses because he was his machine was so loud that yeah. they had, like, heart attacks. Yep. They killed his horse or injured yeah, him. Yeah, anytime he would run the engine, it would literally, like, the townspeople so had a, a noise complaint on it. You yeah, know? so he had, a, he had a lawsuit against J.I. Case, the owner of Case International Farm Mall, yeah. basically, which is... You know, Which we will international cover also. I mean, I, I know that I don't think that's something that we'll cover too much, but um, all the different uh, motor vehicles that international also oh, yeah, made the international sure. scout fucking super cool car, man. Awesome work trucks too. Yes. 70s, 60s, Huge 70s, awesome work, work trucks. But yeah, you got to stay tuned. Listen to our podcast. I hope you guys really enjoyed a Just stay part. tuned because it, you know, we're bound to say something dumb and yeah, we always do. It's entertaining. <laughs> we're dumb. We're dumb. <laughs> We're drunk and we're dumb, so thank you. On to our music segment. All right, Wisconsin music, Russ. We announced at the beginning of the show that we were going to use Juniper Tar. They've been on our list for so long. Another band where I don't know why they haven't reached out back out, but I had to play their music. It's Wisconsin Amazingness. I I wonder if they're still in... in, uh, you know, in in an active status, if you will. You know, uh, I think their their last album was like 2012, so I'd, I'm guessing they're still kind of together. But I don't know what's going on with them. I mean, I was a huge fan of them. They're kind of like an indie folk rock based out of Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Come up with some really cool tracks. I was a huge Death Cab fan, so I found Juniper Tar was kind of like the Milwaukee equivalent, if you will. Right. Kind of that, like, and I don't want to compare them 100 because they are different. And Death Cab was like. Early on, man. Yeah, like, I mean, they had late early... Late 90s. Yeah, I mean, um, what, Transatlanticism or whatever? Tran- Transatlanticism was, like, one of the first ones. Those older albums, but I'm so they were around. But these guys were kind of formed when I graduated in right. 2005. Right, And I, you know, obviously me and Eric were huge in the style of music, the indie rock scene at the time. Well, this is when you and I started to really pick up the instruments and, and try to, uh, um, uh, with no inhibition... Uh, make our own thing yeah and we, we you know we had some good tracks though dude i have to admit you know like maybe they were a little yeah. like not as like complex or math rock or anything but they were good good songs man I mean, and if we, we have creative if minds. we could have done something like them with the production value of it too um i know that when we went into the studio in madison we talked about um adding acoustic guitar versions of what we're playing on electric oh, yeah, kind of to over really the depth, top depth yeah. the, you know deepen the track a bit um I know, like, you always play different guitars, too, to get a different sound when you, like, overlay guitars. I always guitars. do, yeah. So then you don't have that same tone. Well, you got something some yeah. completely different. It's because, you know, and I don't want to get too in-depth in with, like, technical speak, but, like, in guitars, you've got a few different um, pickups. Uh, you've got the original single coils, which are just a single wound uh, six magnets um, that are catching the strings. And then you've got your P90s, which are soap bars. It, so it, it's like a... A double wound single coil though and so it's a little hotter but still very thin kind of sounding and then they started doing humbuckers which is essentially two single coil pickups wound together and it gives you a much hotter uh more uh, uh distorted kind of sound and it very depth uh, uh depth of sound is different um, and you can switch between them too, right? Because right. you got like the left, right, and then the middle, which is yep. both of them activated. So you get that more sustained, yeah. more tone. And-, and, and a lot of these companies that, that build these guitars, uh, namely like Gibson and Fender, they've done amazing things to to do coil splitting and things too. It's it's pretty rad. And you can you could totally hear um, 
all of this really great influence in this uh, Juniper Tar. I, I, I mean, you know what they were listening to by hearing them. I, oh, for I, sure. Like it, this one definitely has this drum intro that I'm absolutely hooked on. Um, it get very marchy kind of at, at yeah, times. For it's, sure. it's awesome. But yeah, definitely check it out. Again, this is Juniper Tar, Eric.
Got a little synthesizer at the end here, I hear. Yeah. Amazing song, man. And uh, yeah. It, it was that somewhat... was Juniper Tar, and the song was Twin Comet. We, we forgot, forgot to... Yeah, we forgot to say the name of the song. At we the got beginning. so jazzed to hit play on it, but uh, Twin Comet is the is the actual song name. And um, yeah, it, just a, a really cool uh, uh, bit of influence uh, from, like you said already, kind of like... The, um, kind of the has, like, death cab. Yeah, around that like period. I, yeah. It's hard to say because there's so much other influence on it, too. You know, like that alternative indie sound. That well, right. You can, you can hear like Smiths in there. It, yeah, it's so a little easy, bit. It's so easy to, to be able to draw comparisons, um, but you, you can never land on one. And it's because Juniper Tar did like a... Uh, a new genre. It's like yeah. they, they created something new out of the complexity like of the, the three drums. or four different you know genres they were already listening to. We were we were discussing the complexity of like that drum beat too. Yeah, it's so like, we were it's talking about like how it's a march, a, but it's almost there's something different going on. There's too. a it's a four on the it's a four on the floor with the hi hat. So he's stepping on the hi hat to open and close them on on every on every beat. So one two three yeah. four one two. So every single one of those is that is that open close on the one two three four. And then there's a uh, a tom roll that he's doing, and then um, the bass you can tell is only on the ones and threes of the beat. So bass one, two, three, uh, bass two, three. You know, it's it's yeah, yeah, yeah. it's so on uh, that it, it's just so infectious. And then the fact that he comes back to the snare to do double hits after some of the tom rolls. Yeah, I mean, for sure. it's just so fucking cool. Yeah, I mean, just super good song. Another one we had to feature. And yeah. I think, I, you know, I don't know if they're completely defunct, but I, I couldn't get a hold of them. Um, we just kind of like asked for forgiveness kind of thing, you know, like mainly to feature like an amazing we, Wisconsin artist, you know. And honestly, we as, as musicians, Russ and I both know we don't care. If somebody were to, to use our music without even asking on a on like a podcast like this if it was on like a major motion picture fuck yeah i'm, I'm calling oh yeah, them. you want the cash i'm calling them um but what's cool is that regardless the band that we feature will get money from this because not only number one we bought it but number two every play like you said is account for a hit oh so for sure yeah. youtube and spotify and all these things are smart enough to uh to have audio recognition so they know um that this is this is Juniper Parr, this is Twin Comet. They're gonna get the playwrights on this for sure. So they're gonna, you know, so even even though it's embedded into our audio here, the the whole system is smart enough. Oh yeah, for sure. And so Eric, we're moving on now. What do we got yeah. today for our beer review here? Beer review is another Sendix beer, um, and this is another one of those ones that's kind of like a Wisconsin series of. You know, we had one that was like traffic cone, fucking oh, yeah, you know, Pilsner yeah. or whatever. With the two seasons of Wisconsin, you got winter and you got traffic. Orange. Traffic orange cones. Cone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Construction season. Construction zone. Um, so this one's actually called Ice Age Amber. Paying homage to the Ice Age Trail, I'm guessing, yeah. is what's going on here. And it actually yep. has a cool blue color. Uh, the state is actually dark blue in color. Yeah. Um, kind of a navy blue. Um, it's an amber, obviously. The Ice Age Amber makes yeah. sense, right? 5.6%. Which I love. I love ambers. <laughs> like, in, entirely, you know, if if I had to pick, you know, one beer that, like, is a true beer, I would say ambers are, are my favorite. If I'm going experimental shit, I'm going sours. Yeah, but. and I mean, it's you know what's cool? It has, like, a uh, kind of a glacier with, like, a canoe yep. um, end on it. Um, 5.6 percent ABV, and like we talked about, these Sendix beers are actually produced at our old location of the podcast, Muskego e- Park. Yeah, Eagle or, Park, uh, Eagle Park, and Eagle they Park call it in Muskego, Muskego Lakes Brewing, or something like that. Is there is like their affiliate? That they, yeah, exactly. It's the same company, but they just named it something different to be able to uh, distinguish uh, between the the two, the two different things. So like Eagle Park produces Eagle Park beer, and it's and it's their name, and it's it's fully them. And then they have the Muskego Brewing. Which is, you know, their sister company, but in order to uh, contract brew some of this stuff and and to make Muskego Light, uh, that's not necessarily just an Eagle Park beer. It's it's a, a seasonal, um, but they do some amazing work there. Yeah, and the, the beer is really good. Obviously, it's really malty. Um, it has like that like a little bit of thickness, the viscosities there. It's kind of that fall winter transitional beer. Um, you know, it's it's not overly bitter. There's no real IBUs I can taste or any of the yeah. bittering. 
And obviously, you're getting that water from the Waukesha area, which is like, remember we talked about the Hygieia Springs? So you're getting that, yeah. like, you're definitely getting minerals from the water, too. Like, I can actually taste the water a little bit. Like, the yeah. little bit of, like, that nutrient, iron-rich water. Like, yeah. you're definitely getting that in that. The health health aspect i guess it's amazing yeah it is. it's a really good maybe beer. a little bit of radon in there a little, little radon bit. a little, like, <laughs> a little <laughs> the other the other was kind of uh, um uh, the clay slip slip a little cancer in there yeah. just a little cancer a little bit <laughs> of radon uh which will definitely not be good for you but it's great you know but you know what i love about uh ambers in general is just that it is um it is a beer that's a little bit heftier yeah but it's sure. not so crazy you know this is kind of like your coors banquet um, or like Budweiser versus, you know, those other light comparisons. And um, and Ambers just have such a great body to them. Oh, for sure. And I mean, um, you know, it's d- something different from the pale ale IPA things that we always do all the time. Because I do yeah. like those beers a lot. But at the same time, and also, you know, we got to have a different flavor once in a while. And also, if your name's Amber, you might have a good body on you. I don't know. Probably yeah. have a decent body on She'd you. She had decent head. Listen. Legs. She has, and arms. <laughs> she could decent Probably have two <laughs> eyes and one nose, probably. This is getting greasy, dude. I'm just saying, like, they probably have, you know, hair. Everybody's got hair. Yeah. Well, not everybody. There's, there is, like, what is it, alopecia or something like that? Is like where you can't. True. I don't yeah. remember that. There was a basketball player on the Bucks one time, Charlie Villanueva. He couldn't grow hair. That sucks. I know. I mean, like, hair is so important when you look is, at somebody. It is, but like, it isn't. Like, I keep telling my wife, you know, right now I'm growing my hair out. I've been growing it for over a year. And uh, you got some sick locks, dude. Yeah, I'm loving it, man. I, I you know, I, I used to do this all the time back in like high school and even post high school. Go. Let it flow, man. And yeah, then, dude. you know, when the wind blows, I get, you know, that Flaps nice in the wind, like flappy wind. You yeah. can just Fabio it out, dude. Like yeah. have your shirt, like the rain's pouring down, yeah. fans blowing on you, like just that hair flapping. You I know. know what I mean? The R. Kelly. In you it. know what feels good, too, is when you get done snow blowing the driveway and sidewalk. You come back in, you take that hat off that you've you know been having on to keep you warm. You're a little sweaty, and then you just shake it out a little bit. Oh, God, it feels is that, nice. Is that the feeling we all need? It is. I yeah. think it is. I think it really, truly is. And uh, so the one thing I was going to say was, you know, I'm balding a little bit on the top. I'm, I'm thin as shit up there, and I don't care. If, if, if tomorrow I didn't have hair and I was bald, I wouldn't care because I'm not, I'm not going to try to hold on to youth. That's yeah, the one thing sure. that everybody gets wrong, I think, in life. Hanging on to the 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 looks of the youth is is what's bad. Hang on to the youthful mentality. Uh, go out and do stuff. Keep it young in that direction. But uh, the minute you start trying to do stuff with your looks, try to keep it youthful. You start to look bad, man. You start yeah. to get the plastic surgery and the Botox and the fillers I, and shit. I'm really lucky that my hair is so thick because you can't really see it. But when you pull my hair back, you can see it's going It's going a little bit further f- than it should be going. <laughs> I'm know, telling you right like, now. Like my dad, he has thick hair. Like, But, you know, yes. I'm sure it's kind of going back a little bit. He just hides it. You got great so hair jeans. Yeah, because it's just thick as heck. Yeah. You can't tell it's like the receding hairline's going on. You know? <laughs> <laughs> like it's there, but you can't You're see it. You're hiding it. Yeah, you can't see You're it. You're hiding it well. Yeah, you can't see it. But Eagle Park, yeah, obviously uh, has se- done amazing work. Whether I mean, it's under their own name or if it's contract brewing for somebody else, I haven't disliked anything. No, they do. for sure. And we, you know, the good thing is we have contact them again. They can't do Sundays, so we're trying to work out a time yeah. where we can get them on the show. Along with Carbon Four, we have many others coming up. It's yeah. just been really, really hard for us to get interviews. I mean, it's me and Eric that put the show together. I don't know if all of you know that, but it's just me and him. It's we us? literally, we literally edit this thing. We do everything right here in studio. It's it's a lot of work, and you know, sometimes like they pan out, and then you know, we always talk about we have to rely on other people, not just me and Eric. You know, and that's that can be difficult because some people have lives, right? Like they can't do it. Well, right, and then uh, you you're know, sitting these, here waiting. You know, these brewers or these business owners. Uh, additionally have families. Oh, um, for sure. And then sometimes they just don't answer because right. I understand. I mean, and I get it. Russ and I are, are completely flexible all, all the time as far as if they need to do uh, an interview on like a Thursday. Yeah, we just do it at we, home. We try to do small, it at home if we yeah, can. Just and, by ourselves, which you'll hear um, in older episodes. Yeah, some of us had to do yeah. it alone. I mean, yep. some people had COVID, you know, like so we Russ, had to do I some. remember, you know, because you, you at the time didn't have a, a real good setup in the studio and oh, I, you can hear the echo on yeah. some of those because i mean i'm recording in a closet right, right? <laughs> and i remember i remember like sending you home with a couple 
of these huge sound panels that I built. You're like, dude, you need to do something. Throw a moving blanket yeah. over the top of <laughs> yeah. you and stuff. Because you were also using a condenser mic, which For is sure, which picks up everything, everything. the whole surrounding the whole 360, room. 360. Yep. So even even if the the polar pattern on the microphone is figure of eight, you're you're getting everything in front and behind. Oh, for sure. And, and that's what most of those are too. Um, um so the, those condenser mics are just kind of dog shit which i think actually the first few episodes are condenser mics they are actually and we just had to do a little bit of post uh, post processing (laughs) yeah it added a little Um, bit more just to to almost throw like a compressor on it but ice age uh uh, amber a really cool beer and it honestly tastes really great it's a Um, sendix original too so go to sendix and pick one of these bad boys up. you're you're not gonna be disappointed if you pick up a sendix beer um hit up any of your local sendix stores and uh for those of you that don't have a, a sendix near you um I'm sure if you hop on some of those uh, beer trading sites, somebody's going to be willing to to send you something sure. from there. Yeah, I mean, at least we have been. I, what's the furthest we've sent a beer? Like uh, Canada, Canada. We got, the, yeah. we got that violent. We Fems got the violent Fems one. We send brews to. We, we send some know, new glares. New glares. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So that's actually really cool, and and we, we totally support those communities because I think it's really neat. Uh, any any of the local micro breweries that that don't have distribution outside of the state. Um, and sometimes not outside of the the county that they're in oh, too. Yeah, it, this this trading community is awesome. Grab a seat, gather round, join us for a chat. How many locos you have? All right, folks, you know what that means. How many locos? <laughs> a truly remarkable. Yeah, I mean, segment like, here. How many? How many of us don't want to go to work and like we'd rather just get drunk? Well, this guy did just that. Yeah, he he went and, to work and was drunk. Yeah, <laughs> and and you know I got to admit I think this is a pretty uh, this has got to be a pretty common thing. Uh, people who you know drank the night before had and a couple had a couple didn't didn't quite you know wait enough for yeah, the body to metabolize it. Um, but the sheriff. Uh, a Platteville man was arrested for OWI on his way to work. Um, this is in Spring Green, Wisconsin. A report about a driver having trouble parking his car in a Spring Green driveway overnight led to the man's arrest on what would be his fourth the OWI. The Quattro. The old Quattro. Um, this was uh, Sauk County Sheriff's Office that reported this. Uh, when the Platteville man left his house, he was on his way to work. The sheriff, uh, Chip Meister... Um, the driver's, I guess, struggles parking his car was called into the authorities <laughs> shortly after 1230 a.m. Um, a Sauk County deputy caught up to the 45-year-old man as he was driving through the village and stopped him. Uh, while talking to the man, the deputy noticed signs that he was under the influence. And uh, after the suspect took a field sobriety test, he was arrested. So I'm guessing he didn't do that great. He didn't do well. He he, he, <laughs> he may have flunked that. It's pretty. It's not a not. It's a pretty not, bad score here. Definitely not decent. Um, if you will. The man was then taken to the Sauk County Jail, uh, where he was booked for operating under the influence. Fourth offense. On his way to work, um, though, man. I mean, do, have you ever done that? I mean, even when you're a kid. Like this is not now. Obviously, I would never do that now. But have you ever, as a kid, been trashed and had to go to work? I, I wouldn't say I was trash on my way to work or anything, but like. I, I will admit, you know, back in the day, heading to like Verizon, on you know, Did you like sip a couple shooters. No, I didn't sip anything on my way, but like, well, actually, I, I lied about that. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you on Sundays, be um, here, I'll, I'll give you the story. Uh, a little bit of background here. I had a really good friend named uh, Jesse, who we've had on the show. He talked about uh, old fashions and his uh, his you know particular way of making it, his concoction. Um, Expert bartender, Uncle um, Jesse's liquor, Uncle kitchen. Jesse's liquor kitchen, um, and uh, so he used to work at this bar. And uh, on Sundays they would open up for breakfast. And uh, the the Verizon store that I was working at didn't open until like eleven. So I actually I would go to the the breakfast place, get a nice hearty breakfast. But he also served up a mean Bloody Mary. So gotta I would do, actually, you got to do. That. I'd have a couple Bloody Marys before I'd go to work. That's not a big deal. Um, well, it is kind of a big deal. But anyway, uh, with that being said. Um, no, I didn't, I didn't drive trashed to work. I, it would be the night after, you know, or the day after rather, uh, you know, you, you tied one on pretty good, got a nice little buzz going the and whole just night. Ha- just didn't go and just then didn't the, go away. No, the yeah. The next morning, obviously your body hasn't metabolized all the liquor that you put into it. <laughs> so you, you probably have still like five drinks in you. So is it okay to drive? No, no. And we don't, we don't support that, but I'm saying, have I done it? 
Yeah, because you got to get to work. Um, is it smart? No, and and I don't condone it. And I think that for the most part, what we should be saying is that if that is the case for you, you should definitely take a minute and maybe call in and say, I'm going to be an hour or two late. Yeah, for sure. Let it sober up a little deal, bit. Not a big deal, but I need to sober up a bit. Yeah, I mean, for me, I, I definitely had a dishwasher job I hated more than anything. It barely paid money. You want to know what? I'd get to work. I'd park in the parking lot to get like the employee parking lot. Slam Savada. No, I had a couple shooters. <laughs> I sucked down those little bottles you get for like a dollar. That's why I said vodka. Yeah, it wasn't vodka, though. It was actually oh. whisk, the old whiskey. Oh, yeah, sure, I went sure. dirty. I went dirty, dog. You were big into JMO for a while, right, Jameson? Yeah, Jameson. I actually like Irish whiskey a lot, so I, I sipped, cut two JMOs to get a nice buzz before I had to go into that yeah. place and deal with my shitty job. But you didn't made, do it while it, you were driving, though. I was No, no. I was the most chipper mock at work, though. I was super chipper, well, it dude. You, like It gives you a little bit of the talkativeness, uh, so that way you can at least interact with people. I mean, you're washing dishes you and just hate. And talking to cooks and like stuff. I mean, like... I'm not very social all the time, to be honest with you. So it was kind of nice to have that like little like loosening up. It's tough to make small talk. For sure. You and know? it was it was kind of like, it wasn't a fancy place, but a lot of people from Lake Geneva went there. And I don't want to say the name of it, but I worked there for a couple of years. you have to years. tell me off, off Yeah, I'll tell you offline. Maybe but was, write it down right now. Yeah, later. it was... Uh, okay, Don't Eric, say it. Don't yeah, say I won't it. say it. But it was, it was a really cool pizza joint in uh, Lake Geneva. Let's just okay. say that up. And so I would go to work and, you know, oh, I, remember. I yeah, would, no, I would no. regret going in the work because it was like, I barely got paid. It was kind of like a small cash thing, you know, it was just, it was over by the, uh, the, the Piggly Wiggly. Yep. Yeah, exactly. By, the, by that you, Ford you, dealership. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah, it's not so yeah. Ford dealership. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I, I felt bad about it, but at the same you time. You were there like, with, uh, Nate, uh, Nate, uh, Nate, Nate, Nate yeah. and a couple other guys from school. And then there was like some just really cool kids that worked there. But, yeah. you know, I had washed dishes, dude. I mean, like nobody wants to touch dirty shit. No. I washed so dishes I just, at a job for one day. And then I quit the next day. I got so liquored up. It just made the date go they, by better. I did like, almost every time I went, though, which is not good. They like, paid don't me like do $4, that. and then they said that I was going to get cut in on tips at the end of the night. All the waitresses just wanted to keep their tips, so I didn't get cut in. Yeah. So he, I was fucked, you know? I had a crush on a couple of the waitresses there when I was working there. But I it mean, was like, a really cool place, too. Yeah, no, they had really good pizza, but at the same time, I was like a dirty shitbag washing dishes, dude. Like, nobody wants to date a dishwasher. You smell like yeah. shit at the end of the night. Soap and... Fucking old food. Now, when you did it, because you did it obviously longer than I did, but yeah, yeah. Um, the one day that I did it, I got the whole. I, I wore a, a a you know whatever they call like it, like an uh, apron. apron. Yep. The whole front of me, completely covered in water and soap and grime and bullshit, and it obviously soaked through the apron to my shirt to my you know pants that I was wearing at the time, and then they always told me like before when I was interviewing and shit, they were like, just wear old shoes too. Because your feet are oh, yeah. be covered dude, in fucking shit water slaps and shit. all over, dude. It's yeah. not it's not controlled as you would think it is. It's I wore not. some Tracy McGrady Adidas basketball shoes, I think. The day that was that a I bad idea, dude. They were older ones. That's still a bad yeah. idea, man. That bad I mean, idea? Bad yeah, idea. for sure. It's not a good job. sneakers. Anybody know. who does it, like, I give you a ton of props because I did it for about a year and a half, and I freaking hate it every time I had to go in there, honestly. Like, I if if I could if I could do anything but dishwashing, I would have cut Pete. I would have made Zaz or whatever else yeah, they offered, yeah. you know? It's it pretty brutal. And Elkhorn always had a really good pizza joint, too. The only cool thing, the only benefit to that job was, like, people would order pizzas and, like, not want them. So I'd get yep. to take, like, tons of pizzas to parties after work. Yeah. At, like, wall brands and stuff I was like just I'd, gonna say, I'd bring Zaz and stuff even when I would like, just meet you at your dad's house we'd have six Zaz like the Zaz best parties, the best pizza you could ever want you know fucking too many beers too much Za. dude freaking like remember that time we made margaritas half an inch of cheese on the sucker like they remember were good we, pizzas we went and actually bought um who, who's the guy uh from Van Halen uh Hagar remember he has a a, a blender that he, oh that yeah, he that we got there from Walmart to make yeah. margaritas. I remember that. And uh, you know the one cool thing about that place was I actually met um, the guitarist from Queensrÿche. Sure. I don't know if you're a Queensrÿche fan or not. I he, like he recorded in James or in uh, Lake Geneva at the, at the yeah, studio yeah. at the time. I'm a huge Queensrÿche fan, so it was really cool to actually get Shade to meet. Tree. Yeah, it was really cool to get to meet them yeah. and like go back and listen to our episode on the Playboy. Uh, uh, recording studio yeah cool stuff the shade tree was uh queens uh back in the 80s had recorded but so there. what do we got eric we got a 45 year old man yeah he can't park his car number four uh OWI. he's the quattro he can't park yeah. a car which is what got him caught which he's is a, really that's struggling a shitty with the parking, way, that's a shitty way to get caught you know like but you know you know what you know how it is though like dude because I, I know that we both have driven a little impaired 
but oh yeah for sure you, you know how it is when you're like trying to get it right Fuck. and you're like i don't want to look like i'm drunk Christ, i don't want to look like i'm drunk the worst way you could not look drunk is to try to park your car 19 times. Well, yeah, when you gotta... When Just you get, park it like a fuckhead. When you gotta, like... Get out and get the fuck in. Yeah, when you gotta, like, Y-turn to get into your parking spot. Like, that just already looks shitty, right? I mean... <laughs> That's the thing, is, is I think you gotta, you gotta give up at some point and just say, I'm gonna look even more fucked up by trying not to look fucked up. You know, the crazy thing is we don't have a lot. We know he failed field sobriety. We know he's 45 years old. We know this is a quattro. Eric, do you got a number? I really don't. Like, I'm going to guess, but I ha- don't really have a number. This is going to be more on the fly than I thought. Yeah, um, I think so. I mean, do you want to go on three? Yeah, because I'm also considering that this guy probably um, was doing it the, the day after drinking. And I'm, I'm guessing he's a veteran, too, with the yeah. quattro. So oh, he's 45 and he's yeah. a quattro, yeah. So three, two, one, 14. 13. Okay, nice. we're close. 13 yeah. and a half on this guy. Yeah. Then we'll go we in the go, middle. We can go halvesies on this one here. Yes, yeah, so we got 13 and a half loco. I mean, like, for me, we don't have a lot of info. I mean, we know he's yeah. the quattro. He's 45, so he has... I'm guessing there's gap in between those four. You know what I mean? Like, it wasn't right. just back to back. At 45 years old, I'm sure they, they weren't, like, all within the next... You it know, wasn't like... a couple years. It wasn't like that one where it was in one I'm month. I'm sure there was actually talking. maybe even a decade or more in between some of them. For yeah. sure. It wasn't like the one month guy we featured in a couple oh, yeah, episodes a couple ago. ago. Freaking... Kobayashi okay, Yeah fuck. <laughs> We said we weren't Going to say his name uh, No it's Kobayashi I yeah, didn't he, say his name He did yeah Sucking down hot dogs He's looking to the past And the future guy Yeah that guy so, But no I, I think I think that's a great number Eric uh, 13 do you and a half Let's sound that gavel All right, that concludes this episode of Wisconsin Drunken History Podcast. If you enjoyed this vulgar display of Wisconsin, please like and subscribe on whatever streaming platform you prefer. And remember to hit the bell on YouTube to be notified when we release new content. Also, if you have any suggestions or ideas for future episodes, please send us an email at widrunkenhistory at gmail.com or head over to our Facebook and Instagram pages. Thanks again for listening. And remember, as always, watch out for deer on your way home.